welcome to Recast, presented by the Baptist Union of Scotland. Each episode will look at a key issue of mission or discipleship for church leaders in Scotland. We will be bringing you key voices, practical insights and unique stories, all focused on the church in Scotland. So, hello everybody, um, I'm Lisa Holmes and uh, my colleagues from the Baptist Union of Scotland, Glenn Innes, and uh, we would just love you to welcome you to the Recast podcast. Um, some of you will have already tuned in a couple of times. We're thinking about issues of mission and discipleship uh, and leadership and life, really, all of those things, uh, and talking to a number of guests and friends around that, and we hope that that's going to be really um, inspiring and insightful, just at least that there'll be some stuff that you can take away and think about a little bit more. So here we are in January uh, 2022, um, still in a kind of, I don't know, pandemic land of some description or other, and uh, probably all feeling a little bit weary. So Glenn, you're half-time a minister, half-time working for the Baptist Union of Scotland, married to a doctor and with a teenage daughter. So how's life looking like in your house right now after this period of time? That's quiet and peaceful, and we all just <laughs> sit about reading books all day. Yeah, no, uh, um, sometimes it feels like chaos, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, we, 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 have a, we, we have shared diaries uh, so that we all kind of know where we're going and what we're doing. And so, yeah, we have that also. <laughs> yeah, and it's like mega multiple colours. It now just looks like a big, some, like, it looks like a Jackson Pollock painting or something. <laughs> like somebody's just throwing paint at a, at a wall. Um, so yeah, uh, chaos could be a word at times. Hopefully organised chaos, hopefully chaos with a sense of rootedness to one another, but definitely... Uh, at times a bit chaotic and and uh, I don't think Kevin would mind me saying occasionally we have some heated words when it turns out someone didn't put the right thing in that important uh-huh. diary and uh, now there's nobody to take someone somewhere or or do whatever so yes um, so, I yeah, think we'll and, all identify with that <laughs> yeah and and I think as well you know it, um, those of you those who have had or have teenage kids know that there's just a lot of pressure on them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, exams and developing who they are as people. And um, and so parenting in that space is a, is a whole new thing for us. And so trying to give her enough space to be who she is and yet yeah, encourage and cajole and correct mm-hmm. and that kind of thing is, uh, while unfortunately she's probably had to spend way more time with her parents <laughs> in the last couple of years than she would have liked to have done so uh, I, th- I think all of those things uh, have been have been challenging um, but probably none more so than the time one where we're you know like a lot of people just time poor you know the, there's always something to be doing or something we could be doing and, mm. and it does sometimes take its toll mm. Yeah, That's why I, mean, I love I, these conversations we've been having because it's it, it's genuinely great to hear other people saying, "Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're not on your own when you do that, right?" Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think that's actually a kind of a real gift that we can give to each other is the "Yeah, me too" kind of thing because um, you do sometimes feel that it's just you that's struggling with things and finding things stressful, but actually, it mostly often isn't just you. It's, everybody's yeah. kind of common experience isn't it and um, yeah. that and yeah. the constant change right I mean yeah. I think that's the, other uh-huh. thing, you know, the, the, the constant change 
you know, in my role in in the church, it's it's everything from you know how far apart do we need to put the chairs, or how mm-hmm. many people can we have, or do we need them to sign in before they get here? And you know, none of us, none of us became leaders so that we could deal with those kind of questions. And mm-hmm. you know, Cam and my wife in the, in the same context of you know the, the way the medical profession have had to change and yeah. uh, the way they deliver a lot of what they do and none of them signed up to be doctors so that they could deal with people over the telephone you know Mm -hmm. we've all experienced significant change and and frankly change like that is traumatic and Mm -hmm. and has a has a long-term impact if we don't take care of ourselves Mm, absolutely so it's it's not just everyone else who has the impact it's all of us isn't it and um we're kind of kidding ourselves if we think that we haven't been impacted by this prolonged period of Uh, challenge and change and uncertainty and I guess that's why over these few podcasts of this season we want to really address some of that um, those issues and how we feel about that and think about uh, mental health and well-being and some of the kind of spiritual practices that might really help us in that time as well and just kind of engage with that whole area um, of what's going on in our lives right now um, as leaders, as um, people within churches, in all our workplaces, as families, just to really kind of engage with that. And so we are delighted that uh, in today's podcast, uh, we have the very lovely Ruth Rice with us, who many of you might have met through Canopy um, and through Renew Wellbeing. Ruth, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Uh, Ruth Rice, uh, Head of Renew Wellbeing. Who are you? What What do you do? <laughs> I, I suspect loads of people in Scotland know something about you through your appearances at Canopy, but just remind us uh, what it is that you do. Okay, so I'm based here in Nottingham um, and we're on a national charity called Renew Wellbeing, but it started with my own mental and emotional health journey where I needed somewhere where it was okay not to be okay this little space started six years ago here in Nottingham and it seems to have grown into maybe over 160 spaces now and nationally where people are practicing being present being prayerful and partnering with mental health services so um, yeah it's a joy really that's who I am Um, what's your role in that then uh, so I, I founded it and then lead it. So I would call myself the director of it, I suppose. But I've now got a lovely team. I've got an administrator and I've got some area coordinators. And then we've a host of kind of growing group of local links who are volunteers who help us to keep connected and, and keep it simple and keep it steady because it's easy to start stuff. It's just sometimes hard to keep it going. So whereas I started it by running around the country going, do you want to do one of these <laughs> in my little car now? as you can imagine mostly it's on a screen um but all our training is online now and people it's free and people can help themselves I spend a lot of time doing webinars which I didn't even know was a word two years ago so there you, there you are all the things we've learned talking about learning Ruth we could go on your website and we could read just about all the things that you've told us about yourself tell us something we couldn't read about you mm, you see what could work <laughs> be honest I'm I, I say I say everything as it is. So if you've got hold of my book, slow down, show up and pray as well, or the instead of well-being, just come out. Um, I, it's a bit too honest sometimes because it's all there. I have no filter for anything that is supposed to be not not out in the public. <laughs> um, and I suppose that's the thing about me is that I I um, 
I was the least likely person I would have thought to have a breakdown. I, I like all singing, all dancing, love teaching, love sea swimming, love. I loved all the stuff I was doing, love my family. I love church. Um, I love doing church. I didn't have a problem with it. Brought up in a brethren family, busyness is next to godliness. Um, I, I, I didn't have a problem with all that. And so, you know, when people talk about mental and emotional health, you imagine they've had this terrible life that's led them to this place where they're really broken. I, 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 was, a, I was the least likely suspect to have a breakdown, I thought. Yeah. But actually, that's a thing about me that I have learned about me is nobody is immune from mental and emotional turmoil and actually all of us can break and um yeah so I, I walk with a limp there's another thing you might not know I actually broke my foot this year and I actually walk with a limp but that too has made me realize if there's one little bit of your body that breaks the rest of your body has to slow down so I you know the book's called slow down and I'm not good at going slow with stuff but um yeah I'm really I'm, I'm kind of like fascinated, maybe obsessed would be a better word, with the whole concept of well-being and what it actually looks like and means in relation to the gospel. So, yeah. I've also got a dog. I've got a dog as well. She's asleep under here. There's something nobody knows. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, it, it, it's maybe worth saying, I'm sure we'll touch on them later, but you mentioned that you've got a new book out. Why don't you tell us a little about that just now before yeah. we go any further? As, as we're talking, here it is. <laughs> The A to Z of well-being is just launching literally as we speak. And um, this was kind of like the, the first one that I talked about at Canopy was the story of Renew Wellbeing and how it's set up. This one's much more personal. And I think because I realised once we started opening these spaces and seeing and talking about well-being, everybody's talking a different language about it. Or, you know, like I went downstairs the other day. My husband works for um, the, the council in IT and he had Wellbeing Wednesday on his screen. I said, what's that mean, love? And he said, absolutely nothing. We just get told <laughs> it's Wellbeing Wednesday every Wednesday. And, it's, and so it's a buzzword and it's becoming a buzzword in the church. And it troubled me that we might start just talking about renewing well-being, but not knowing what it actually means or looks like. It doesn't look like anything. So this is literally 26 words that I think of when I think of well-being. And then I, I, I tackle them all through those five ways to well-being, connecting, learning, getting active, taking notice, giving. So how do we connect with this concept in the word of God? Um, what are we learning about it through one another in our own lives? What does it look like in community if we were to do this thing together? How would we take notice and review that? And then I give some prayers and some more resources for people to look at each word. So acceptance and breathing and compassion and dwelling and emptiness. So those are some of them. You have to get the book to read the rest. I was going to say, don't give the whole book away. We never managed to vlog any of them. It's more it's more a conversation starter and also hoping that if it, it's come out in time for Lent, so it could be that you, you take it as a Lent you know, journey, that it, it isn't the definitive guide to everything about well-being. It's a saying, what, what does it mean to you? What's, this is me. What is it for you? What's your language together about well-being? So um, I'm hoping that churches can engage with that in some maybe group way as well. So Great. Well... If you're listening, you can find that book on Ruth's website, which is uh, the Renew Wellbeing one. You'll find it there. Or, and I suspect or Amazon yeah. or a regular old bookshop. Go for a Christian bookshop if you can, please. Okay, yeah. there we go. Ruth says you must do. It will be good for your well-being to do so. Uh, 
Um, you're right about this whole uh, well-being being a, a, a buzzword that appears everywhere. Um, and, you know, we lots of us have used it in church, maybe for a little while, but it, we've definitely now fallen into that kind of space where it's, mm-hmm. it's a language um, that we probably use uh, without thinking a great deal about what it actually means. Um, it's just a word that fits a whole of things. I mean, you've obviously been in this space for a long time. How would you define what well-being is? Well, if we were on a visual, I would show you my visual of what it is, which is a cup held in two hands. Okay, so my life like like a cup that is sometimes empty and sometimes full and sometimes mucky and sometimes broken, but held within the hands of God, within a bigger story. And that bigger story is well-being. That is shalom. That's the, you know, the Hebrew word shalom is the best translation. I think it's, I think it's mistranslated piece. I think it's best translated well-being and it's much more holistic. And, and I think what, what I'm coming to understand, and I, like I say, I spent years thinking about it, studying it, looking at it over different cultures through the bible i've still not come up with a good definition but shalom is the best word but it is that sense that we don't make it happen it's not a feeling it's not something that you panic about if it isn't there because it isn't the the sense of well-being the feeling of well-being isn't always there Um, and for some people they will never get that for some people they're they're born into situations where well-being as we might understand it of having a you know a nice life with everything the way you want it it's never going to exist so it has to be something else if god is fair and kind which i believe him to be well-being has to be this beautiful state of the thing that he won for us at the cross this is this is the shalom that is is for everybody that God has made on purpose and um and we enter into it we're held within it so on the days when your cup is empty or completely broken it doesn't affect the well-being that holds us and I suppose for me that when I when I fell apart and I couldn't even get out of bed and I was stuck there for a year and I encountered the well-being that didn't depend on circumstances I encountered the love of God that held me in a bigger story and I'm fascinated by how we make that story, the story, for all of our communities. How we live within that with a set of practices and habits that engages anybody to come and join us. Because we don't need to panic even about a global pandemic. That's not our story. So the well-being story, you know, that, that okay not to be okay phrase that gets bandied around. And we, we use it too. Um, I think that's the whole of the gospel. We're, we're none of us okay. And God is the big okay that holds us within a much stronger story for the the whole of eternity. So, yeah, yeah, shalom and the cup thing. Those are the two things for me of well-being. Great. That's just so inspiring, Ruth. We've known each other a long time, haven't we? And um, I was just thinking yesterday about um, sitting outside uh, in a blistering hot day with a ginormous piece of cake um, outside in West Bridgeford in Nottingham. And you were waiting and hoping that you'd be able to have that first renew space. And it was so stressful waiting, wasn't it? And um, Yes, I've forgotten you were there then, Lisa. It was, and I thought I was just doing one thing, didn't I? I know. It was just, yeah, I mean, and that was exciting enough. And then I remember us having another conversation where you were feeling um, really called by God into stepping out of your church leader role Mm. and taking this on. And uh, you were being unbelievably brave but it was so unknown wasn't it and um yeah 
It, I, I, and as you say, unbelievably brave, but it took over a year for me to say yes to God. <laughs> church-based ministry, which was an added a lovely church. I mean, bless. This is the church where I, I was part of this church for thirty years. I had a breakdown whilst being part of this church, and they still appointed me to be their full-time leader mm. after a breakdown. So we hit the ground kneeling. But leaving them and a nice stipend and a house paid for and the beauty of them around me to, to step out into something with no salary, no nothing, not really knowing, just sensing that God was saying this well-being thing is not just for Nottingham and for one space, but yeah. this would work anywhere. Yeah. And now we're seeing this in, in prisons and Air Force bases. And, and you know, we just had a conversation in Mexico and there's, there's a simplicity to this story that you can just break off a chunk and take a bit with you. Mm -hmm. And we can keep learning from each other. I, I had no idea then, though. No, you, no, you absolutely didn't. And, and what do you see happening? I mean, lots of churches we know are picking up this concept and uh, making it work in their own context. And you've just mentioned other locations as well. What do you think is happening across uh, maybe communities, um, the nation, the nations, um, as churches engage with renewed well-being what's I, going on there I wonder whether it is I think I think possibly even before the pandemic the church was beginning to realize we can't just keep handing people bags of stuff that we worked out how to do and particularly around mental health it was like we're not really okay and and then going oh actually that's where we can sit we can be vulnerable we can take our place at the table as fellow human beings and learn from each other so I think what's happening in the church is a lovely humility where where we're, we're saying actually our mental and emotional health is a gift to us because we haven't got this sourced and because within our honesty we can learn from others mm. but what we're also maybe seeing is a much more confident hope in the gospel so mm. that it isn't a fix all for problems that people have, but a bigger story to live in. And I think I think I'm beginning. I feel excited that the church is beginning to ask the bigger questions. What is it we believe? How, how then shall we live? And I I'm seeing that more now because of this awful pandemic we are going through. It's given us an opportunity. What is it we believe? Why do we believe it? Um, and I, I, I mean, I feel hugely hopeful because we weren't okay before. And when we talk about isolation and self-isolation, and that was some people's will mm. way before we had to stop going to church. Some people could never go to church because yeah. there was too many people and the way in which we function is not very inclusive of people with mental health issues. However, now... <laughs> we've had to think of smaller ways to be together and outdoor spaces we can use and actually um it, it's including more people who already felt like that so I, I I hate this pandemic I wish it wasn't happening I hate the grief and the loss that's gone on around but it wasn't like it wasn't already there before mm. it uncovered some stuff in us and then for me it's this heart of the gospel thing that I'm so passionate that people learn that God could not love them anymore and he will never ever love them any less and we can be secure in that that's mm. well but that's well-being right there yeah I mean and, and what an amazing gift to be able to offer yeah. to everyone just to know that they are valued and loved mm. uh, and special and they have a part and and I just wonder if it it takes quite a lot of the stress off you know, sometimes as churches, we get super stressed that we have to be perfect and 
we have to present something and it has to be amazing and we have to be living it completely 100% all the time and, and there's quite a lot of stress in that isn't there and mm-hmm. there's something quite liberating about saying this is who we are and this is God's grace in us and we just want to be able to share it's that. It's interesting that, that before Renew I had worked very hard all my life within the church still believed the gospel but the way in which I was living it out was that I had to get hold of it live it be doing it and then people would see Jesus in me. Now there's something very, I mean, God's never, ever used me more than through this brokenness, through our broken stories. We are much more joined to our communities. We're much more approachable when we recognize our own humanity. I mean, it's the way of the cross, right? It's uh-huh. Jesus, Jesus didn't come, just, you know, he came and died. He, he came He came and was broken. So I think and engaging with where we're not okay in our communities appropriately, actually, yeah and what I found too with Renew is you know when you've got these things that you're doing as a church and they're amazing there's some amazing social action but things like the pandemic put pay to quite a lot of those Mm -hmm. and also when you're weary yourself or a bit Mm -hmm. broken you can't do it whereas Renew you can always do you can always show up because you don't have to be okay Mm -hmm. to turn up and go I'm just going to sit in the quiet room today and and Mm -hmm. so we have this sort of social space where you any faith and none can come and bring a hobby but also this quiet space where we encourage people to learn to pray and we do it by doing it ourselves and we mm. become again the people of prayer in the presence of God and then realize that's the most missional thing about us <laughs> so what do you think is the biggest challenge I mean this is a nice small question the biggest challenge in the area of mental and emotional health for churches if you could just sum that up in about two minutes you know. I think it's I think the biggest challenge is not to panic I think the biggest challenge for churches at the moment is not to panic that people aren't okay, the church isn't okay, the community's not okay, and instead to go, what is the gospel? What is it we believe? What is well-being? What is shalom? And what does it look like in a set of practices that we can concentrate on? I think the biggest challenge for the church is not to get back to what we did before with masks on, but to go forward into what does it look like now when we've understood ourselves not to be okay? to live with well-being, to become the the heartbeat in our communities of well-being. So that shalom, well-being, the language that's already out there, we connect it into the language that was always there. So this this language of the gospel, the heart of God, that's what people are looking for when they're looking for good mental and emotional health. And I think that's um, the challenge to the church is not to open yet another thing, and do yet another program but to become the people of well-being through little practices that we do together every day yeah can you have you got a little story of something that's happened recently that you might be able to oh so many little stories it's funny lisa with stories that relate to other people's mental and emotional health i will not tell them and the reason i won't tell them is because i did it once before with this gentleman who was lovely and i kind of made him the pin-up of (laughs) 37 and then he had a crash and he felt mm. he let everyone down and he crashed much further and much harder. Mm. But just a little thing, I remember being at this thing once where I was, t- I was training a church recently and um, online. And this gentleman said to me, I'm, I'm in my late 80s. I've been a Christian all my life. I've never felt I could pray until now out loud. Mm. And because we make prayer this thing that is is competitive <laughs> and actually within Renew, we're teaching people to pray in a word or a sentence or a breath. And actually, it's in it's enabling people mm. to access the presence of God in a whole new way. 
that's lovely, beautiful. I, I mean, Ruth, this is all brilliant. I, I mean, I, uh, it, but I, I, we we spoke with uh, Patrick Regan uh, the other day, and uh, it was interesting talking to him. I, I, I just, I, I kind of want to cross over the two just for a second, if that's okay. And and my my question is this: if most of our listeners are leaders of churches for the most part. I mean, I don't really know that, but I think that. Uh, so um, the, the the question is this, how leaders are exhausted. How do we start something new like Renew Wellbeing? It's just another thing to do. I, I, I see it's important. I can hear people saying, and we know that lots of Scottish churches have jumped on board already, but um, I can imagine people sitting there saying, I see this as important, but do you know what? I, I don't even know where I'm supposed to put the, the chairs for next Sunday service. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm gubbed. Um, yeah, so Patrick and Diane Regan are good friends and they're doing a slightly different thing. So yeah. more like mentoring groups. Yeah. But I, I don't think this is yet another thing for weary leaders to do. As a weary leader who set this up, I did it because there's no other way I could lead. This is the most selfish thing I ever did, setting up Renew, because I couldn't lead the way I was taught to lead. I couldn't do it. I couldn't be the person that everyone came to. I couldn't think of another good idea. I had nothing. And so to say, I need to lead honestly. I need to sit here amongst you and learn from you. I need to practice the habits of well-being that will bring me life. But I need to do them in community rather than in a retreat centre 500 miles away and then run back and try and pretend to be fine again. I need to make my life the thing out of which I lead. I don't think this is yet another thing for leaders to stick out there for someone else in the church to do. I think this is a way to lead. And I can't think of a better way to lead a church and community than to open a space where you practice your well-being, your being human, and you slow yourself down enough to let people come and do it with you. Ruth, that mm. seems like an excellent place to end this. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. Is there anything you've not had the chance to say that you'd like to? No, I just I think you're all great. I'll tell you one thing I would say to church leaders, if it is mostly church leaders listening to you, and you've just put off all the people who aren't now, Glenn, but welcome. you're listening to this and you're not a church leader, we really love you too. I would say to church leaders, I, I you thank you for what you were doing. Don't push yourself too hard. I have never had any job that was as hard as leading a local church. And I was a teacher for 20 years and I've led a, a national charity for the last five and leading a local church, even though it was the best local church in the land, was still the hardest <laughs> thing I've ever done. It's relentless. It's never over. The enemy's on your back all the time. And you are amazing. And you need to cut yourself a bit of slack and look after your own well-being. Ruth, thank you and bless you in the work that you do. Thanks. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Lisa. so helpful to hear from Ruth and to hear her insight um, that she's gathered through I guess through her own personal experience mm -hmm. as well as uh, leading uh, Renew Wellbeing um, what would be some of the things you think might be helpful takeaways for churches or, or folks listening uh, Lisa yeah um, so I think uh, one of the things I've really enjoyed is speaking to other people who are setting up Renew well-being spaces and um because every everyone has its kind of 
knee well-being DNA and then it's a unique kind of way of working. Um, so uh, we, we know that there's quite a few churches in Scotland that um, Baptist churches in Scotland that have already started or are in process of getting started on that. So it may be that it'd be really great to have a conversation with one of those churches yeah. about how they're engaging with that and what, what that's looking like for them and um, something of their story. Um, and uh, well, Ruth's books are great. Um, I, I should say that because I wrote the commendation on the back cover of the first one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I haven't haven't yet got my hands on the A to Z of well-being. But I'm thinking that 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 seems like a, a really good way to to start thinking a bit further about this as well. So maybe that's something that we could we could do. Yeah, that's great. And we'll. Uh, in the show notes below, you'll be able to pick up the link for uh, Ruth's book. If you want to connect with one of the churches that have already started doing Renew Wellbeing, you can get in touch with either Lisa or myself, uh, and we can put you in touch with uh, perhaps a local church that's already uh, doing that. Uh, we would love to do that. You can get in touch with us through the Baptist Union of Scotland website. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, then give us a quick rating. If you've got thoughts or questions uh, that you'd like us to address on the podcast, then please uh, drop us a note. You can again uh, email us through the website or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, I'm Glenn Innes. Lisa Holmes has been my much more uh, competent host and we are delighted that you've taken the time to listen. We are out. We are out.